Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm Jared Kimber and I am in St. Kitts as England's tour of the Caribbean is nearly at an end. We certainly hope it is, especially after last night's jello shots and beach volleyball. But England have already won the T20 International Series with a game to spare. Tomorrow they'll look to make a clean sweep and you can hear the game live, exclusive on TalkSport 2. On today's podcast, I'm poolside with Alex Tudor. Tudor records his first ever interview. Yes, we reunited him with his ex-teammate Chris Jordan following Jordan's four-wicket haul last night. And we look back on Sam Billings' incredible innings, potential changes for the third T20 and TalkSport's victory in last night's beach volleyball. You're listening to Following On. Right, we're here by the, uh, by the seawater pool in our hotel. Last night, we went down to Frigate Bay. We went down to Shiggity Shacks. And then we went to Chinchillas. There was a little bit of beach volleyball late at night, of which uh, I'd like to say Team Talk Sport won, although Maka was on the other team. Oh. What did you think of the, uh, uh, the beach bar life in St. Kitts? Well, we've heard a lot about it, and I have to say it lived up to expectation. It was, it was really good, um, really enjoyable, just seeing lads letting their hair down. Um, as you said, yourself and, and, and the rest of the TalkSport team having a bit of volleyball, which was interested. You try to get me in, involved. I keep telling you my knees are not up to it anymore. I'm an old man. Leave me alone. So I uh, sort of just sat and watched you guys, which was good. Yeah, really enjoyable night. The game before that, which uh, was less enjoyable uh, only because it was so short, certainly shorter than the night that we, that we had after it. England lose four early wickets. They then threw Billings and Root. They do what... You, you know, you don't see a lot of teams in, in T20 really rebuild the way they did so slow and then explode. It was, it was a very interesting way about, of going around a T20 innings. Yeah, definitely. And as you say, everyone wants to see the sixes, the falls every time. But in T20, it throws up different games all the time. Sometimes the low-scoring games are the best and the, and, and the most fun to watch. 
But this was, it just had so many different facets too, didn't it? As you said, the West Indies came out, they had that long filled in display the day before, three hours I think it was, and they looked on it. They were fantastic, buzzing around. Fabian Allen looked phenomenal in the field. They looked really good. But then Joe Root showed why he is in this T20 team. There's talk about him, whether he should be in or not. Utter nonsense. He just showed the quality of the man and what he did. He's not going to be all explosive like a butler in Stokes, but what he's going to do is going to manoeuvre the ball and he's going to hit the bad balls and he's going to be quite cute with where he gets his boundaries. And then he had an able um, supporter with um, young Sam Billings, who's been given his chance. As I said earlier, he would have been disappointed with the way it ended for him in St. Lucia. He would have liked to finish the game. But the way he batted yesterday was absolutely phenomenal. He played second fiddle while Joe Root was there. And then when he went, he just went absolutely berserk. And unfortunately, young Obi McCoy on debut, um, I think the over that Joe Root took him to task is what gave England the impetus to get to that 180 in the end. Yeah, and um, uh, McCoy was brought in to be a death over specialist. He didn't nail it, but no one really nailed it for, for them. They just couldn't find, uh, uh, well, with his slower balls, he bowled them too short, and they just couldn't find any Yorkers, could they? No, and I, you know, I saw him play bowl um, at the beginning uh, in the afternoon, and he was, you know, obviously he would have been a little bit nervous, but he obviously had his back of the hand um, slower ball, but it was just sitting up on that wicket. Sometimes you've got to assess the type of wicket when to use that. I don't think that was a, a type of wicket where you could use the slow ball bumper um, just because it was just sticking in the wicket and it just gave the batsman, especially Sam Billings at that time, too much time for him to dispatch it to all parts. I think there was a time when he played a sort of AB, the Villiers light shot where, you know, he had sort of short third man up and sort of deep gully in the 30-yard circle and he just helped it along for four runs. So... You know, you have to be cute, but that's a learning curve for him. As you said, he's, he's on debut, he's young, he's not played a lot of cricket um, in a domestic structure also. So as you said, he'll learn from it and he'll learn fast, that is for sure. Thanks for that, Chudes. Well, you've been off this morning with your per close personal friend, Chris Jordan, having a chat. So morning, everybody. I'm here at the team hotel, the Marriott in St. Kitts, here with uh, England, Sussex all-rounder, bowling legend Chris Jordan Chris um, I suppose we have to start off with the performance yesterday was outstanding how did that feel to you and, and was that has that been a build up that sort of performance both in St Lucia and yesterday has that stemmed from your performances playing you know franchise cricket around the world yeah firstly thanks a lot good to be here uh, good to be talking with you um, yeah yeah uh, performance yesterday was obviously quite pleasing. Um, yeah, I would say it was a bit of a build-up. Uh, I, have, I have been feeling in, in good rhythm and good form without sort of not getting those results. Um, I, had a, I had a decent big bash, then I moved on to the PSL, but all the way through I've just been uh, real consistent with my processes and, and my my preparation and everything. And uh, yesterday was, yeah, just like a nice little reward, but obviously it doesn't stop there. You have to keep going. Mm. Uh, was it a shock to you with the way they sort of capitulated the West Indies? I mean, you know, 180, the way that you guys fought back in that partnership with Sam and obviously Ruti, who, I mean, uh, it's a surprise that people still talk about should he be in this T20 team. I think he showed yesterday what he's about. Do you guys find sometimes the talk from, say, the media and stuff like that sort of spares you guys on to just prove people wrong? Um, to be honest, I don't think we look at it like that at all. We don't really... Uh, get too caught up with the noise outside of our bubble and outside of our dressing room, and I think it's it's actually a, a massive strength for this team. You know, uh, 
Like we we just we just want to play a much positive brand as positive brand of cricket as possible. Even when uh, we were going into the last few overs, um, Morgie just came down and said to me and TC, look. Like don't don't just think about getting a score here. Think about like give yourselves like one two balls, but keep going and keep um keep trying to to push those barriers and and get as many runs as possible. And and uh, something as small as that just uh, speaks volumes for the team and 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 where we're at at the minute mentally, physically, everything. So uh, we don't really listen to too much noise outside the dressing room. We just sort of concentrate on our strengths and get on with what we 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 getting on with. And and you see with um the results that we're producing. In recent times in white ball cricket mm. and listen there is there's plenty of noise about you at the moment obviously you know people will know you for at the moment sort of being a t20 specialist but i know that you know your ambitions are slightly higher than that and it doesn't stop there and i think that shows for all the formats that you play at sussex do you still harbor ambitions obviously of playing not just 50 over also test cricket again yeah, um, 100%. Do I, I do enjoy every every format of the game. I enjoy four-day cricket. I mean, I'm, I'm more or less involved in the game more often. I'm not feeling that slip, bowling or batting middle to lower order. So, And then obviously 50-over cricket as well. So, yeah, I don't want to be pigeonholed. Um, I don't pigeonhole myself. So, I mean, if other people pigeonhole me, that's, that's up to them. But I concentrate on my own standards, my... Um, myself and, and and just constantly improving and trying to keep evolving as a cricketer um so yeah long way that'll continue no brilliant um I, I mean i have to talk about it your catch the other day the court and bowl for people that haven't seen it trust me you need to get on either youtube or or whatever it is social media you need to to go and see it you seem to do it a lot at the moment if it's ever any series or anything like that is it something that you practice or is it something that you just you just have naturally no, um, I probably do have um, decent hands naturally, uh, but uh, having decent hands is it doesn't stop there. You know, I, I still do try to train it and um, and and sort of repeat it constantly and put myself in different scenarios on the on the pitch and yeah, just just not get bored of it, you know, because I do enjoy fielding, I do enjoy catching and. And um, yeah, more often than not, when I do find myself in a situation, I've already played it over in my head a few times, you know, I just sort of, I get into a position and I sort of try to imagine, okay, how the ball can come to me at different angles, different paces, depending on the bowler, depending on, on the batter as well. So I just sort of do a lot of visualization and um, yeah, when it does come off, it's, it's quite a nice feeling. <laughs> it, it just seems like, um, obviously, um, people don't know, uh, young Joffrey Archer is also with you at Sussex, Joffrey, sorry, Joffrey Archer, and um, he tends to pull off some fantastic catches as well. Is it something you have a little bit of a, a friendly rivalry about who can pull off the best catch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Every time he does it, he always, um, he'll always send me the video or tell me go and watch it. Uh, it's like little brothers are, you know. But uh, no, he, he's a he's a phenomenal player and he's a phenomenal talent. And and again, like there's nothing nothing I I don't think he can't do. Mm. So um, yeah, hopefully he can he can um, keep keep emulating those performances he has been doing in recent times. Um, he's got IPL in front of him now, so yeah, just take, for him to take a tournament at a time, a moment at a time, and yeah, keep producing special moments like that. Yeah, no, brilliant. And I mean, sort of just to finish off, bowling at the death and having to mix it up because obviously now I'm, you know, job I do at school, and you know, you're trying to coach these kids, but 
it's evolved. It's not just the basic, you know, bowling your Yorker and your slower ball. You have so many different armories. And I was speaking to your bowling coach, Chris Silverwood, the other day. And he says, you more than most have a particular way of when you're bowling your desk. Could you just sort of explain that process that you do? Yeah, um, it, is, it is definitely a process. And, and, and over a period of time, I've had to even evolve the way I bowl. It definitely involved my thinking. And because there's so many different different types of of finishers and hitters at the death. You, you might got you might have guys like Andre Russell that who just stand there and, and hit the ball down the ground. But then you have Ab De Villiers who who plays more or less 360 and and a lot of it a lot of it um, is mental and then uh, another part of it is skill as well. So it's just trying to find a way of coming up coming up with different ideas um, uh, constantly. But I think for me one of the biggest things I just do I just try to play conditions as much as possible. Try to not go in the game with too many pre ideas um, if on, and, and that's come through my practice so I've, I've tried to add different skills to my game so that on any given day I can sort of go in my arsenal and pick out maybe my offie today or okay might be nailing my Yorker today or today might just be a, a, a day of banging length out you know what I mean so it's just a matter of trying to uh, go with the flow of the game, try and uh, play conditions as much as possible and just adapt as much as possible. I think you, you can be comfortable in that position when you have a lot of uh, tricks in your arsenal, if you like. So, yeah, I just try to add a few balls to my to my repertoire over the years. And, yeah, I'm in a position now where I just yeah start every game and go into every game with a free mind with, and uh, just try and back myself to, to adjust on the day, depending on conditions, depending on players. Mm. Now, brilliant. And just, just, a, just a last thing, a little bit of a maybe a surprise for a few of a few of the listeners if i was to go through your phone right now who would be the most famous person you have on your phone <laughs> that is <laughs> that is a brilliant question um i don't actually know i mean for, for, who, who, well for people that don't know um and he's not big-headed at all about it, but uh, most probably, arguably, one of the f- most famous singers at the moment out there, um, a lady from Barbados. Just let everyone, let the listeners know who that would be. <laughs> she, well, for starters, just to put it her number's definitely not in my phone, um, <laughs> but uh, he's talking about Rihanna. I went to school with Rihanna when I was, when I was younger, um, so yeah. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> That's not a bad one to have. But obviously, Chris, from myself and everyone at TalkSport 2, we would like to wish you um, the very best. And as we said, we're all excited to hopefully not just see you in the 2020s, but hopefully push yourself into that uh, 50 over squad and hopefully even test cricket. But thanks again for talking to us and uh, good luck tomorrow. Excellent interview there, Tudes. Big, big question for you, though. Why was, um, why was CJ lying about Rihanna's number? Well, I, <laughs> I have no idea. Obviously, he most probably doesn't. I mean, there might be other ways. He might not have the number. Obviously, there's social media, isn't there? So they may be contact that way. But, um, yeah, he went to school with her. It's quite a big uh, scalp. I know a lot of people tend time to time to drop a big name. You don't drop much bigger than Rihanna. No. So, essentially, you know, he, he talked a lot there about not being pigeonholed as a as a you know, one-day specialist, a T20 specialist. But unfortunately for him, when he came into the test team, he probably didn't quite take his chance with the red ball, did he? Yeah, you could say you could say that. I mean, you know, you, you sometimes have to be... I always say when you play international cricket, you, you have to be a bit lucky at the start so you get that longevity, you know, either if you're a batsman or a bowler. And as you say, most probably didn't want to have worked the way he would have liked. But for me, the last few years, for A, he's been fit and he's been able to play a massive part because when he's played for England, he's then gone back to Sussex 
and played everything. That's four days, 50 over, and also in their 320. So, and he's learned, I think, playing franchise cricket around the world, learning off the world's best. And for me, he's just become a better bowler. So I think he's most probably better suited now if he was to play in the team and most probably would stay um, in the team for a lot longer because he gives you everything. He could field at slip, which has been a problem, especially in the test team. Um, he could field in the outfield, catches pigeons, can bowl quick um, and, is, and, and is a very good batter as well. So, you know, you, you need people like that in your team. He's a very smart cricketer. I don't think he gets the credit for that as as much as he should. But like watching him in, especially in the big bash at times, the way he works out batsmen, uh, especially at the death, you know, the way he can manipulate, um, you know, basically he he knows the holes that batsmen have in their swings. He knows where to put the ball on certain pitches. He he plays to the conditions at times. I I, I think he's a very very clever bowler. Yeah, you're right, buddy. You know, speaking to him um, during that interview, what came out is that, you know, you sort of can't go into any preconceived ideas. You've got to be able to adapt on the spot. Um, you know, sort of gone on the days where you're just going to say you're going to run up and just bowl Yorkers all day. Um, you can't do that now. Batsmen are very clever. Um, so you've got to be able to adapt. And there's one thing that he does in his preparation is, um, speaking with Chris Silverwood, the bowler coaches, when he gets into his core position, so when he loads up just before he bowls, he would shout out a colour. Um, at Yorker length and he is able at will pretty much to hit it and um, the other bowlers don't do that they sort of at the back of their mark would say right I'm just going to bowl a Yorker a leg stump but but Chris Jordan in his coil position you can shout out a colour and more often than not he can hit it which is a great skill to have and uh, I think it's what young bowlers need now or any bowler if you're going to survive in this world of tweet T20 yeah, that's actually a system that Goffey's been talking about quite a bit, that Goffey's used with young players as well. I, I find it incredible that, you know, in a, we, what, what we're looking at now is a really specialised, you know, f- um, parts of cricket. So we used to we used to do b- batting practice and we did bowling practice, we do fielding. Then we, with fielding, we started to get in certain things. And now what you're seeing is these specialised, you know, bowling training for different parts of the game. Yeah, um, and I think, you know, you said, you know, bowlers have to just be smarter because the batsmen pretty much have all areas. You've got these 360 players that can play all around a wicket. You know, when you're setting your field, there's, you know, it sort of tells the batsman pretty much what you're thinking. And sometimes it's a game of bluff, you know. Are you going to, you know, you've got your fine leg up, you've got your third man up. So a batsman would generally say, well, they're not going to be dumb enough to bowl it short because I could just help it along. But sometimes you've got to call their bluff and um, you've got to be able to dap. And as you say, Goffey, for me, when I played with him and, and watched him as a young lad, you know, he, he was one of the best, if not in the top three, at bowling Yorkers with Wakar Yunus and Wazim Akram. So, you know, he would know more um, better than most about ways of going about it. And I just think it's definitely a skill that you need to have in your armory if you're going to survive because otherwise you're just cat and fodder you know people that listen to me on commentary I always you know in the bowler's corner saying that it's all batsman friendly and you know basically you just put up a bowling machine that's where we're going to get to but I think bowlers if you know you want that sort of franchise money in the T20 in the IPO and around the world you've got to be able to do what Chris Jordan does okay it's been seven and a half weeks for me not quite for for you, but it's been a very long tour. Last game, back home. England going to make any ch- changes? Yeah, I think we'll see some changes for sure. Um, what we'll see, I'm not too sure. Off my head, I most probably think, you know, we, we need to say David Milan. It's not worth him coming out here and him not playing the game. Will Sam Curran get a go? Um, and also Mark Wood. Me personally, I would leave Mark Wood just to chill. He's had a heavy workload 
um, this winter. And I know people say, yeah, but, you know, we've got to remember the injuries he's had in the past and the way that he's come back and he's lengthened his run up and he just looks a totally different bowler to me. So I think, you know, we've got a busy summer coming up, so we need to just keep him rested because he's going to play a massive part. I think Sam Curran, yeah, he needs to have a little go. And um, as I said, David Milan. So what we may see is maybe the skipper having a game off and, and, and giving the opportunity to try and play. But that's what we'll see from the West Indies. I don't know what they'll do. Obviously, you know, Nurse is injured and stuff like that. So I don't think there'll be too many changes. I think the Sinkits crowd will want to see Chris Gill finally try and get some runs. Because I know for, you know, the Sinkit Pirates, he, he doesn't get too many at home. So they would like to see a Chris Gill um, masterclass, a display of power hitting. And if he gets going on that ground, you know, who knows what we'll see. Uh, Ashley Nurse with one of the best injuries I've ever seen. Off spinner who's been dropping catches all the way through the tour. <laughs> Drops one in the warm-up on the smallest ground in the Caribbean. I'm not saying it's a coincidence because he's been dropping so many catches, but I am saying excellent timing from Ashley Nurse. Looked at those boundaries, heard me say there was a six hit there every 12.9 balls and thought to himself, eh, maybe the fingers not come up that well. Thanks for listening to Following On. Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Don't miss Sunday's final T20 International. Our coverage gets underway at 7.25pm. Bye-bye. The Following On podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 